Let's do this. Okay. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Oh, yeah, let's do it, Mick. All right, let's do this. All right, let's do this. Oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do it. Let's do this. Now let's do this. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Coaching Life Podcast. My name's Pat Martin. I'm here with Coach Chris Stewart. Coach, how are you doing today, man? It's been a while since we talked. I'm on the edge of my seat. Can't wait to talk since to we you. Recorded. That's right. Yeah. It's been a long time. Feels like it's, it's been a long been time. A it's been a few weeks. Yeah. A long few weeks. A lot of things have, have happened in this, in this few weeks. It, we, I, the last time we talked, you, you were calling, man. It was it was raining a lot. That's pretty much uh, what has happened in the last three weeks. That summarizes it. Yes, you, that was a great summary of the last three weeks. It, it was raining a lot. <laughs> We've actually not not had a horrible time getting games in the last three weeks. That that stretch that uh, we talked there, you, you called me when Dana, during our last episode, was kind of the worst of it for us. We missed a game, but we were able to reschedule it, and we didn't end up missing any other games. Of course, our schedule is a lot lighter than yours this year. Uh, in terms yeah, of number for, of games, I yeah, was actually noticing I, that. Go ahead, sorry. Well, are you are you noticing it from? Because I talked to a coach last night that said kind of they they're I think they're nine and three. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You're 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 right in you're right where we are as far as getting games scheduled. Um, yeah, I think um, a lot of people have played a similar number of games. I did a little bit of research this morning because this is tournament seeding time. We're in the middle of that process right now where here in our state we have online voting for teams to be seated in the tournament bracket and we have a super sectional yep. our our super sectional division four has 23 teams in it. i think yours has what 29 in division three yep. and uh and so i've been trying to because it's really i mean i i would say every bit of half of the teams in our sectional i don't know who they are i don't even know where these where they geographically exist and so you got to do a little bit of research to see who they've played what league they've played in you know not just look at their record and see them based on the record even though that happens and it's and and i get it it's not easy to you know to to look up that many teams and try to figure out where they should be on a bracket but um i've noticed you know i'm looking down at records just from top to bottom you know nine and eight nine and nine three and fifteen ten and eight two and ten you know four and fourteen there's one team that's five and seven 12 games, which is what you said. What you're, that's what you've got in, right? About 12 games. Four, nine, and five. So most of the, it looks like most of the teams in my division and our sectional have gotten between 16 and 18 games in with the high being the high number being 19 games and the low number being about nine. It looks like nine or a 12. Yeah. 12 games is the lowest. And, and so that, that's not very many games when you're already getting ready to do your postseason tournament seeding and you've got nah. uh, a week and a half left to play baseball games. It has been a brutal spring in the Midwest. Yes, it has. But it, has it, has it necessarily been a surprise? I mean, I, we, we've talked about this before and you normally don't. You know, last spring was an anomaly. It, you, it, there was hardly any rain last spring. Everyone got games in, and it was dry weather. And I, that's not the typical uh, Southeast Ohio <laughs> right. baseball weather that we experience. So, it, is it is it normally this bad? Would you say that you've mm-hmm. had, we've had more trouble with rain with weather this year than we have in the past ten? 15 years i would say that and i think guys that have been around the game for a while would say that too it's not normally this bad where you have pretty much every week at least a rain out or two and then some weeks where you have three rain outs and you only play one game we've had that this year and that's that's brutal i mean that's that is uh that's tough because then you know well we ended we came up with a situation which I'm sure everybody everybody did where we had so many rainouts that all of a sudden last week I think I think last week was a pretty good weather week we had a game scheduled every night of the week and of course yeah we played all those games <laughs> yeah well there, there's two problems with that one is playing every day you know not there, there's pitching rules that we sure. you know, we have to abide by but that's just one of the problems the other problem is uh, there's a there's a fatigue 
uh, factor, both mentally and physically. I think it's very difficult to play baseball in five consecutive days and bring your best game every one of those days. As a matter of fact, I'd say oh, absolutely. that's probably one of the yeah, toughest things in sports to do. And then the other the the, the, the other thing that you got to look at with that is when you that week that you're not playing – you know, a lot of times you're not playing, and you're not, it's, you're not able to get out and practice. You're not able to right. to, uh, to prepare the same way that you would, you know, on a on a normal week. So you're 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 away from the game a little bit, mm-hmm. or away from your uh, routine a little bit for that period of time too. So you go into that next week, which is loaded with games, not really as prepared as what you want to be. There's all kind of challenges. Oh, that. there are, there are, there really is. And you know, by by the time we get to this point right now, we all have seen enough i guess we've seen our teams play enough where you're if you're making those little you know pocket notes of what to work on you've got a pretty good list of things that you'd like to work on but then you mm-hmm. then you don't have the opportunity to practice because now you're playing so many games that you've had to reschedule and it's uh it's a real catch-22 you're right and you just have yeah, to kind of deal with it it's the way it works but yeah it's interesting yeah. you say that because i've you know, we have you, both of our teams have big games, and not you in the context of uh, you know increasing your uh, win win total to for voting. Yes, because our, our voting begins uh, Friday. Well, it exists Friday, I guess. It begins. It can begin Friday tonight. At yeah, at midnight tonight, and you vote between. You have to get your bio your bio your your, bio, your team bio is finished by tonight at eleven fifty nine. PM. Right. And then after midnight tonight, you'll be able to begin voting and you can you so know alter and change days. your vote all the way up through Friday. And then the window closes Friday night at eleven fifty nine and they they take Saturday to punch whatever buttons they need to punch in the computer to tally them. And then we find out like Sunday afternoon at three thirty who we play. Three thirty, yeah. Yeah. I missed that extra day. I was thinking Thursday at twelve AM was was uh, Friday morning, but yeah, I was I was behind a day there. So yeah, that, that that makes a little better. I was thinking we'd have to do all that research on Friday, and you know we're supposed to have a game on Friday, so that makes it, <laughs> that yeah. makes it difficult. But uh, yeah, know, nonetheless, uh, you've got a big game to you know the day of the closing. And I guess in the same regard, we have a big game too. To you know to we it would give us our tenth win if we can if we can get a win same for us. tonight and. Mm-hmm. For us too, we're playing in a uh, you know it's, we're we're tied for first in in the TBC Ohio division, so it, it, we have a chance if we if we continue to win to you know to to share at least with uh, with Wilson to, in the league. But you know, as I think about you mentioned you know thinking about the things that you you need to work on, and I the, a lot of those things have been going through my mind as we're we still got we still got a long way to go, but you're. We're on the back end of the season, I guess you'd say. All mm-hmm. the the uh, you pretty much are what you are right now. Yeah, yeah, you, right. You, you kind of are what you are, who about, you are right now. Yeah, and, that, and so from a preparation perspective, you're thinking, you know, did we do this enough? Right. You know, did we, did we work on bunk coverages enough? You know, did we did we uh, did we did we work on uh, you know mental processing of our pitchers enough? You know. Uh, you know, just there's there's all these there's all these aspects of the game that you wonder um, if you did it if you did it enough and and if you're really prepared to handle a situation like that now here as the season's drawing to an end in games that are a lot more important than than what they were at the beginning of the season it's it's a different uh, perspective for me yeah um, I, you know I coached a, a year of uh, uh, JV baseball. Uh, in the past, but even then, it's it's a whole different animal. Varsity baseball is a whole different animal, and uh, it's just it's been really interesting and and a challenge for me uh, in my first experience here as a as a varsity head coach of putting those thoughts all together mm-hmm. and uh, kind of uh, kind of preparing them for for the plan going into the to the off season and you know future years. Yeah. Um, and really, you know, my my thought is some of these things that you you feel like you might not be prepared for are things that that you want your your athletes to begin a lot sooner than when they enter your program. 
you know. So you you, you want yeah, it to begin to that. at the youth level, and uh, so there, you know, there's definitely some asterisks in my notes, but you know, I'm like, I need to, I need to, I need to reach out to the, mm-hmm. to our youth coaches and, and just let them know what, what I'm saying and, and, uh, some, you know, give them some things that they could possibly work on to, to improve the high school varsity baseball team. Mm-hmm. You know, how, you know, how can, how can they impact the high school varsity baseball team? So there's, there's definitely ways that they can. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen that this year. Absolutely. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I've, I've already jotted down, a couple of different dates for you know, we were going to do a camp anyway, a fundamental skills camp um, post season in June, you know, in the, sometime in the middle of June there. And, um, and I've even, I've even spoken with some people in our, in our, in, in the area our, that our district covers about doing an additional, I don't know if you would call it a camp or I guess you'd call it a camp, just something very, very specific, and that is pitching slash throwing and catching camp. Just mm-hmm. pitchers, basically pitchers and catchers, but not just pitchers and catchers. All kids. I want all the same kids there that come to our fundamentals camp where we do hitting and fielding and everything else, base running and all that. But I want to be able to take some time and just really give kids a passion for wanting to be a pitcher. And the same for wanting to be a catcher, um, because I, I'm seeing a, a lot of uh, a lot of our a lot of a lot. I'm seeing a lot of today. I, I guess players, you know, that I'm that I'm that are coming to me. I don't have very many guys. I'll just say it this way: who, if you ask them what position they play, the first thing they would say is, "I'm a pitcher." We have guys that pitch, right, and like to pitch, but. I want to. I want. I want that. I want those kids who want the ball all the time, right? And I think I have. You know, I've got. I've got one who definitely wants the ball all the time. I mean, he's. He. He. he you know, he's. He's a pitcher. But I think in many cases you have. You know, in in some some of the best teams that you'll ever coach, you've got one or two kids that define themselves. Their athlete. Their their their. Um, I guess their. Their character or in, and who they are as a baseball player is, you know them as a pitcher. Right? Mm. You've got at least one of those guys. Yeah. And when you have one of those guys, you know, I mean, we, we know that, that you live and die by pitching in this game. That's the way the, oh, yeah. it's the way the game is built from yep. the top to the bottom. You, know, you, yep. you go, the you go you watch have, the better you are. Yeah. You go watch a 10 U game. The team that's got the better pitching is going to win the game. Nine times out of ten, right. The same is true for high school. You see that the teams that make it to the state championship, they've got at least one. If you've got two, that's what that's that'll elevate you to the state championship. But if you've got one, you can get pretty far. You can get pretty far in the tournament. And uh, I, I I want to, I guess, help kids in our in our community to, to just want to be that guy to want to I, I, I want to be the guy that has the ball in my hand in the state championship game and therefore mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta you've got to just have this hunger and passion to be a pitcher it's interesting thought because you know as you're saying that I'm wondering I feel like I feel like a catcher position is also mm-hmm. it, it has that same need you know you need a uh, correct a, a person that an athlete that says I'm a catcher mm-hmm. because if you have just someone filling in as, a, in as a catcher they they typically don't perform as well as uh, you know as someone that says no I that's what that's my position I'm a catcher you know they eat it up they live it and I'm wondering if that's true for every position I wonder <laughs> well <laughs> you know, it probably I is yeah I, I mean it, anytime you have someone who who defines themselves by being a, an awesome shortstop they're probably working on it a lot and they're you know, and they and they they're pretty smooth out there. Um, so, I mean, it's certainly, right. it's absolutely true with the catcher position, and that's why I that's why I want to just hone in on pitchers and catch, pitching and catching as as primary importance for for just helping young kids to see. Look, if because not only you know not only is it helpful for kids, um, but it's also helpful for us to be able to see. Look, this kid right here's got some potential he is going to be a really good catcher he is going to be a really good pitcher so we need to make sure that we you know uh pour into him you know pour some some effort into him and some some energy into him um as he grows 
It's an interesting concept there. I think, you know, what, why do you say that? What's your, what's your, um, why do I say it? Because right now, Pat, we're, 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 we are not beating ourselves. I think our team is playing pretty good baseball right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all year I felt like we've played pretty. I mean, you know, we've had we've had a, a few you know bad innings like any t- you know team is going to have. I saw something the other you know I saw uh, I don't know somebody on on a social media say you know two nights ago Mike Trout was three for four and had two doubles and tonight he was zero for four. You know, hey, be reminded that that not even the best guys in the game are able to perform at their top you know, ability every night. Right. And, yeah. and, and it's a great reminder for all of us. So I, yeah, we've had a few, few letdowns as well, but for, I would say for the most part, we're playing very clean defense. We don't, we don't rack up a ton of errors. We make the plays we should make because we're not striking out a bunch of, of, of batters either. And I knew that coming into this year, I knew that we wouldn't necessarily have strikeout pitching. And so we're averaging maybe two to four strikeouts a game in terms of the number of strikeouts our opponents have. So we're having to field the baseball. And we are also giving up a lot of hits. We have, we have opponents who are hitting, you know, getting anywhere from eight to 14 hits a game. 14's high. But I'd say, I should say six to eight. And then Wellston got like 14, I think, the other night. They can swing it. And, uh, yeah, they can. And, and here's the thing, though. We're getting that many as well. We're hitting the ball as well. We'll, you know, we'll have seven, eight, nine hits a night. Um, but we'll also have a bunch of balls that are hit right at people. And sometimes it falls your way and sometimes it doesn't. And we went on a little losing skid there where we lost several games in a row. And we, you know, our, our, our record sort of evened out a little bit. We had a nice looking winning record. And then, you know, now our record is, has evened out. We're right around, we are exactly 500 right now. And I look back at the games that we've lost. And, you know, I was talking to, to somebody the other night and they were saying, you know, it doesn't look like you guys are really beating yourselves. It just look, it looks like you're just getting beat. And I said, that's a really good word because I think that's, I think that's the case. I just think we're getting beat. We're getting out hit, you know. And a couple of those games have been frustrating to watch because we pull the infield in with bases loaded and we had a kid hit a little, he got fisted on a really good fastball that could have been easily been on the ground and could have turned into a double play. But instead, he lifts it just enough to go up the middle between shortstop and second and land behind the bag in the dirt. The ball didn't even roll to the outfield. And they no way. and they scored a run off of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's those kinds of things have been happening to us and uh, those go down as hits. I mean those are hits, right? Right. right? And right. and then so, you know and then some balls are being barreled as well. Yeah, I got to give it to our opponents. We've you know it's and look, it's as I look at our whole district, a lot of records are very similar in terms of wins. There's a lot of teams that are right around 500. People are beating each other up this year. And I think it's the same. Yeah, I think people are running the same thing. You know, like the other night, we had the, the, the week we had five games, game Monday through Friday, a, night, a game every night of the week. So we had three league games, actually four league games. No, we had three league games that week. And... So we played league game Monday, league game Tuesday, and then we had another league game Friday. But we played two non-league games Wednesday and Thursday. And by the time we got to Thursday, because of the pitching rules, the pitch count rules, I had one pitcher available to pitch for that non-league game that night. And that pitcher just so happened to be our ace, our number one. And so I chose to throw him instead of just throwing someone who doesn't pitch right we're playing over at the va really nice facility things like that it's like you know tomorrow night in our league game we'll have two other guys come available you know that have been that have been pitching for us all year and so we go over there play a really tough team lose a tough game and then friday we come back for that league game and throw what would you what you would consider to be i guess three and two you know two and three those the combination of those two guys and um one of them struggled to throw strikes and we got, we dug ourselves a hole. We ended up losing that league game. So, so the other night I'm talking to a guy who graduated last year and he said, Hey, I got a question for you, coach. He said, what was your, what was your thinking on throwing, you know, our number one on Thursday? And I said, I'll tell you what my thinking was. He was the only guy left. (laughs) 
he's the only guy available. I, we don't have anybody else, that, you know, in, in terms of a pitcher that could throw that night. And I right. said, that's that's what you're dealing with when you're. Now I said, it wasn't true that we didn't have anybody who could throw, because the reality was I had another kid who had thrown 51 pitches on Tuesday, who felt great, and could have thrown on Thursday, if it was 2015. Before yeah, the pitch count rules, uh, right? Right. Yeah. And, you know, because back then we just kind of went on, you know, okay, let's be smart and how you feel. But now we have this number that we have to follow, which I I get it, and I understand that. But it creates these kinds of problems where he just could not pitch. He could fire the ball in from the outfield, right, with no with no problem at all. His arm felt great, but I wasn't allowed to pitch him at all because he threw one pitch over the limit that required him to have two days of rest. And so he was unavailable on Thursday. And so it's just all of these things. People don't understand sometimes some of the decisions that you're forced to make because of, one, the rules, but also because of just other, you know, other, other things that people may not realize. This kid actually is available to pitch, but he doesn't feel great. <laughs> and so I, I shouldn't throw him either, you know. Right, and that's, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I guess if you have 15 pitchers on your roster, you don't run into issues like that. It's helpful for sure, isn't it? So let's, de- let's develop those pitchers, develop those kids to pitch. We've done all right this year. Uh, we, I, I would say we have, we have four uh, pitchers um, with, a cu- with a couple more that could throw. Um, but with our light schedule, we've been able to work around it for the most part. But I definitely see, you know, um, going into next season and, and the seasons after that, the need to definitely continue to develop pitchers. I've been watching our, our junior high baseball team, our seventh grade baseball team, and they, they throw uh, six or seven guys throughout the week. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really good. So, you know, I, 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 it's funny how perspective changes when, you're, mm-hmm. <laughs> when your responsibilities change. But, you know, I, I like how they're, they're being handled that way because I know that, you know, they're getting a lot of guys um, some experience throwing. So mm-hmm. uh, I can appreciate that. And I feel good about that, you know, that group coming up and, and being able to throw. So it's a good thing. Yeah. I kind of see where you're, where you're coming from there. Yeah, yeah. Now, I have a mission to have 27 games on, on our schedule next year, so I'll probably understand it even more uh, at this time next season. So. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, we've got some, we've got some guys uh, pitching in, in JV right now that will be able to come up and help us for sure next year, and um, so I can see that. But, you know, I think what you're saying is just the, the need and, you know, to, to develop guys from throwers into pitchers yes guys that yes that that really understand location and you know well there's a difference between a kid who eats that position up that from one who who can who from one who yeah i can pitch right right because the one who just eats that position up they understand how to play the position as well I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, the, I, you constantly have to remind pitchers to go back up throws, right? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. but I'll bet you, I'll bet you your guy that eats that position up, you don't ever have to, you don't ever have to remind him. Or am I wrong? Well, no, they're never hitting, they're never putting the ball in play while he's on the mound for one. And yeah, so you probably don't funny, ever, yeah. you can't think of a time when he's had to back up third base because he's probably never had to have a ball hitting the gap. Uh, this year, yeah, I think. Well, I think what you're talking about there really is the, you know, the the self, you know, the ownership of the position of who you are as a player, yes. and not just settling on, you know, your development and during practice, you know, during during team time, you're actually getting out there and you're learning about the position on your own, and you know, you're studying the position. You know, you're a student. You're a student of the game is, mm-hmm. is what you are in that case. Now, I guess you know what I would say is you don't. You don't necessarily have to be a certain position to be that way, but I, I see what you're saying, and that if you you know if you are if you do consider yourself a pitcher or a shortstop or you know a catcher, you're you should be out there uh, learning everything you can about that position, and you know in doing so, you're probably becoming a more rounded baseball player in general. 
Yeah. But it's because of that drive of saying, yeah, this is, you know, I want to know exactly what I need to do um, right. in these in these scenarios. So. Yeah, you've got, I mean, you know, you mentioned catchers, the catching position. You know, there are kids who are just, who sometimes get thrown back there because they're athletic and they can get it done, right? They can get the job done. But then, but then it, when you know when you've got a kid who eats that position up, like they, they, their identity is in the fact that they are a catcher. And I've got mm-hmm. a catcher like that. And that's, and when you, when you see a catcher yeah, like yeah. that, what you see is every time base is empty, ground ball, it's just automatic. He's busting his butt down the line and backing that throw up. He's always chant. He's always talking about where to throw the ball to from the outfield. Mm. He's always he's always adjusting the infielders, and those are things that when you've got a kid, I think, who just eats that position up from the time he's tw- you know ten years old and working his way up to high. By the time he gets to high school, those things are just natural, and I, and that's that's what I mean by the pitching position as well. You know, you might have pitched a little bit as a youth player, but when you get to high school, you know, I'm still going to pitch a little bit, but that's not really who I am. My identity isn't in being a pitcher. My identity is in, and I think this is where a lot of the game has gone and maybe shifting back. I don't know. Maybe it's shifting back toward pitching because you see a lot of pitching on the internet now, but I think everybody got hitting instructors and everybody worked on hitting and it's easiest to work on hitting when you're by yourself than it is to work on, you know, something else, you know, other aspects of the game. And so, and so everyone just wants to be a hitter. Everybody wants to hit. And they see baseball as hitting and defense, mm. defense and you know, playing, being a really great defender or being a really great pitcher has been secondary in the minds of a lot of maybe youth programs and kids. Because in the youth game, a lot of offense is gonna is gonna give you an opportunity to win too, because very rarely will you have a pitcher that's able, that's able one by rules to go all six innings in a youth game, or even just able to pitch all six innings without getting knocked off of there at some time, if they're allowed to based on the rules. Yeah. It's a tough, tough question. What, what would you rather have a, an elite hitter or an elite pitcher? If you could only pick one. Oh, an elite pitcher. Because you still need you still need more than one elite hitter in your lineup. Sure. But if you have one That's elite true. pitcher, you can he, he yeah, can, but the, he the, can the, win hitter, some games. the hitter hits every day. The hitter does hit every day. Yeah, the pitcher can pitch every day. Interesting concept. It I think is. you're right, though. I mean, it's the game of baseball. I mean, it's just that's our conversation here is nothing new. It's probably the most boring podcast episode we've ever done because it's anyone who's ever been around the game of baseball, they've had these exact same conversations, I'm sure. Well, maybe, but I don't, you know, I don't know how many people um, are listening that, you know, have been in the, in the, in the same situation. I, I, uh, there's probably some people out there nodding their heads or shrugging their shoulders and just listening along and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah this, you know, I, I, you know, I know what you're thinking about or I know what you're saying. Um, well, what else do we do? This is what we do, right? We just yeah, record our conversations. That's right. <laughs> we never promised they would be exciting. Exactly. Well, let me ask you this. Let me, I, I, let's 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 pry ourselves here a little bit. So you yeah. and, you and I both have had some what we what we would consider as, as bad losses, right? Oh yeah. And so it's tough, I think, to because we're both coming down now. I mean, everybody's coming down the wire now to where we're going into the tournament time. And sometimes it's easy. You know, people talk about riding the wave of momentum and things like that in the tournament. And and uh, what are you doing right now? Like say tonight, you and I, we, we chose to record today because I think because both of us have big games tonight. What we would consider to be big to be big games. And for me, it has nothing to do with the league. For you, it's league championship opportunity. We're out of the league race. But for me, it's just overall yeah. record and the fact that the seating sure. the seating yeah. window closes tonight, and we will either be nine and ten after tonight or will be 10 and nine after tonight. And I think that's a big deal for us one way or the other, because I think it very well could determine whether or not we get a first round buy in a bracket of 23 teams where nine teams are going to get a buy, which means 14 are going to play two sectional games. I feel like if we are able to record a 10 and nine record, we get we have a slight chance of 
being a nine seed, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, if we record a nine and ten record, I don't think we have any chance of of being one of the of being uh, as high as a nine seed. Just yeah, looking at the current looking at the current records of the teams in our district, I wouldn't think that at all with ten and nine. I, I wasn't thinking that at all until I started doing some research and seeing, well, there's actually a lot of teams with losing records in this in this district right now. They're not a lot of loss. I mean, you know, there's only a few that have like two and ten type of record, but there are a lot of um, like eight and nines and seven and tens and thing and records like that 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 are really close to where to where we, we are sitting right now at nine and nine. Um, and so for us, it's a big game, I think, just for a sake of a record. Plus, it's, it is a league game, and you still want to win league games. You know, you still want there's a lot of pride in doing as good as you can. We're six and five in our league right now. Yeah. Um, there hasn't been in our, and I think in our league, it's, it's pretty much been a any given day type scenario, except for, except for one team. You know, anytime a team has a really dominant pitcher, like and I'm I, well, I'm speaking to a guy. Your team has a very dominant pitcher, but our league has a has a pitcher as well. Uh, it happens to be my first cousin's boy. I love him to death. Who's a really dominant pitcher, and I'm happy for yeah, him yeah. having such a great a great season this year because he's actually battled a lot of injury through high school, and it's been really discouraging for him. And he's he's playing with a lot of joy this year, and I and I'm it's yeah. really good to see. Even though he beat us twice, it's really good to see. I got 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 to tip your hat, right? Um, when he's on the mound, they're going to win the game, and and that's you just you just kind of you just kind of know that, and uh, uh, so they're going to win the league, but every there isn't another team in our league that has that kind of dominant pitcher, and so it just depends on who you got to throw that day. I think any given team, and and, and the same is I would say the same is true for Southern as well. The team with the dominant pitcher, I think when he's not throwing. Then you know you got a chance, right? Because everything's kind of even outside of that dominant pitcher. And so again, it comes right. back to my point of if you've got a dominant pitcher, you really got an opportunity. Because the two teams and both our our league, um, it, you know, the TVC has a Hawking division and an Ohio division. You're in the Ohio division, and the right now the two teams who ha- who are sitting at the top of those two leagues have a what? A dominant pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say the team that we're tied with also has a dominant pitcher, uh, Wellston uh, Logan Martin. Uh, yeah, he's had a very good season too, year. hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's had a really good season. Uh, he's and he's, he's only a sophomore. Now, did he's, he throw uh, against um, who? Th- who was the other loss for them? Athens. Athens. Yeah. Did he throw against um, them? I don't remember. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. And if he did, it was early. And he didn't yeah. have his best night. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think he did. But uh, he he pitched against us twice and held us to two runs each game. Hmm. Uh, did a really good job. Does a really good job of keeping you off balance. Uh, you know, not not overpowering velocity, but he changes his speed a lot. And he doesn't and, walk uh, batters. Doesn't walk batters. Yeah. No, doesn't walk batters. Uh, has has some good off speed stuff. Uh, really, you know, smart pitcher and uh, and you know. Uh, Jeremiah Frisbee is a, a senior catcher. That oh does yeah, a good he's job the game with he he and, is you know. his identity is even though he can pitch pretty darn good too. He is a catcher. Yeah, yeah. That kid's a catcher. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, Wilson's well coached too. But I guess what I'm saying is they were tied and they have um, a dominant pitcher as well. And Athens, we play Athens tonight. And Athens, you know, has a dominant pitcher you can never as well. Take I'd them say Landon Wheatley yeah. is a dominant pitcher, and they're they're in you know right now they're in third place. But if they win tonight, they would be tied for second. So, um, you know, the top three teams from a standings perspective in the TVC Ohio, all three have um, uh huh, you know, dominant pitching. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's I don't. A good point. You yeah. know, I don't even know who's in second and third. In our division, I don't know who I don't know the records of everybody in our in our uh, in the Hawking division of the of the conference. It's hard it's hard to get that stuff this year. Like, are they printing standings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, nothing against our journalists, but what? Why can we not find out who whose record is what in our in our in our particular oh, yeah. area? 
I, 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 it's like pulling teeth to try to, to you gotta, you gotta be a re, you gotta be a research analyst to find out what someone's record is. You really do. Like I want, they, they used to have a TVC website where they would post. Well, all that, those. and that wasn't, they, that was just Troy Boland from Athens. Oh, I he didn't created, know. That was I a personal that project that he did just voluntarily. I got you. And then he's finally been getting nice if someone did that, uh, like a company cool. that, yeah, like a radio station or a or a newspaper company or somebody, right? Because, the, you know, our the area that you and I coach in, there's like two journalists that have to cover uh, eight teams or more, more than oh, yeah. eight. Well, like yeah, one, and, two, and three, both sports, and you're talking about track yeah, eight and, schools. Uh, I mean, and and every sport in the spring, and it's just impossible for them to cover everything. Yeah, well, and you're talking about track as well. Too, yeah, too, yeah. Gr- boys, know, boys baseball, girls softball, track, anything else that might be going on in the spring. Yeah. It is. It's tough. It's difficult. Yeah, that, that's why a guy like yeah, Kevin Wiseman does a really heck of a job in the Athens County area um, because I he he has a really good system. He goes around and he will highlight one game that, and he'll attend that game. And he'll cover that game, and then he'll talk to both coaches and actually write a story on the game. But then the other games, he'll re- at least report on, re- report scores. You know, here are the scores of, of all the teams in, in our county tonight, um, boys and girls. Sometimes he'll choose a, a softball game. Sometimes he'll choose a baseball game. Sometimes he'll go to a track meet, you know, and that's just um, – Yeah, he does a good job. I like, he, he tweets he tweets play-by-play play on the games that he's covering. While he's there, yeah, yeah. That's, I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah. he does do a good job. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Have you had games this year? I mean, I've been thinking a lot about being a competitor and just continuing to help our kids understand what it means to compete. Because you can say that, right? You can say, hey, come on, let's compete. Let's go. Let's, let's compete. You know, getting down to the end of the game, we're down by one here. Hey, we haven't, haven't competed very well at the plate. we got to compete. And I want to I, – I, and so in my mind, I think, well, when, when I say things like that, I want to make sure that, one, I understand what I'm saying, that I know what I mean when I say that so that I can help them to understand what I'm saying as well. And I think sometimes when we think about – competing or competition it seems like the easiest way i guess you you can say to measure competing is the final score and if you didn't if you didn't if you're not on top at the end on the final score then the assumption is that you didn't compete well enough mm. right yeah. but the reality is there have been games who what was that I had an echo there, but there have been games where, well, I'll just give you a few scenarios. When you perform really well and, and you perform the way that you've prepared to, you know, yourself to perform and you win, it's really easy to be happy because yeah. things went as they should be, right? And in those cases, I think, you know, you as a competitor Basically, you can attribute all of your success in that game to the fact that, hey, we were prepared and we're going to ride that into the next game. I think that's the key word that you're that's that's my answer to your question right there. The word prepared. But go ahead. Well, with your thoughts. so here but here's what happened. Here's what could happen the next day. You're just as prepared and you perform just as well. And the outcome isn't in your favor. That's right. It's tough to accept, isn't it? That's what I mean. Oh, I, 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 we, I think we've had a lot of games like that this year. I'll be quite honest with you. Yeah. There have been games. I have had more games this year that have been losses that I find myself on the drive home because I ride the bus home and then I've got another 30-minute drive back to my house. On the drive home, going through every potential scenario, and I, don't, I haven't found as many man, if that kid had just made this play that he didn't, you know, that he didn't make or that dumb mental mistake, or if we just hadn't made that one, or if I had just made a different decision here, there haven't been many of those things that I have dwelled upon as much as me <laughs> thinking, you know what? We just got beat. 
We just got beat. Yeah. And it's hard to accept that, <laughs> to recognize that you just lost. I mean, you prepared well, and you played to your best ability. Yeah, there are things that you could do better, but in the in the you know within the game, both teams could say that, and both teams could say that an umpire could have made a better call for for them too, things like that. But but it's it's sometimes hard to accept the fact that you just you just got out hit tonight, or that pitcher just beat us tonight. It's always hard to lose. Yeah, um, I think. That's all part of the mental discipline that goes into sports. Uh, obviously, you can't let it impact your performance going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we've when we've talked about this before. You know, you've heard the phrase, well, "They wanted it more." You know, this team wanted it more than than we did, or they wanted it more than you did. And I don't. I think sometimes I that phrase it. comes with. I think sometimes that that phrase comes because of superficial things. I'll, I'll just be real honest. You and I chatted a little bit this morning about energy, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, and sometimes I, I told you. Sometimes I have had people tell me that like our team doesn't play with enough energy because they're not loud and boisterous mm, and right. constantly chirping. Ta- you know, ta- you know, constantly. I don't mean chirping like chirping at opponents, but constantly. You know just saying things and, and you know, you go to a college game, but a lot of college teams are very loud and boisterous. And, and I just, I've never been that guy. I've never been that kind of coach. I've never, I've never encouraged that. I know that baseball is a long game. It's, it's played more like a marathon. It's a slower game. And it's, and if you get too hype, it's, it's real easy to get knocked down off of that. And then what do you do? Right. And I and I feel like I feel like sometimes when people say they wanted it more, it's because they didn't see us as being fired up enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a get fired up right. type of guy when it comes to, to baseball. I just not. I just that's. I, I would. Yeah, and my 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 rebuttal to that would be you know I think in terms of desire and in terms of wanting it more that really the time that that really matters is in practice. Yes. in my opinion. Yes. I think I think if you want it more in practice, that's when you reap more benefits mm-hmm. in the games. You know, um, I, I think naturally, uh, as as competitors, as human beings, all of us want to win when we're out there on the field. Right. No one's out there, you know, really just saying, just mailing it in, saying, "Well, I don't really care if I win." Even even if you even if in the back of your mind you think you're going to lose, there's mm-hmm. there's a time that you're playing hard because you want to win. You know, mm-hmm. I think everyone wants it, um, especially at the level that, that we're talking about. But it, it's in practice that when, you know, how much desire, how much how much want do you have when you're when you're working to get better, when you're working to prepare, um, that's when it matters to me, I think. And, you know, as far as energy goes, that's, that's the same thing. I, you know, it's the same case to me. You know, it, it, it doesn't do you any good to... To, to play loud if you're not going to practice loud mm. and yeah one of the one of the and, I, and I'm, I'm in the same boat with you coach i've never been a uh, coach that's really encouraged a lot of chirping or um you know a lot of a lot of uh i guess you could verbal. say rah rah uh, like a rah rah guy right yeah 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 but when i you know when i came into the program here i, I recognized that i have a group of seniors that eat that stuff up they love it and my challenge has been this year of trying to keep them, you know, I, I'm fine with it. I'm okay yeah, with it. Yeah, it's the personality I, of the kids, right? Like, yeah. I think to try to get kids to do something that's not within their personality, that's superficial. It's well, superficial. And you're not, it's not going to help. Yeah. It's going to put them in an awkward state right. where they're not comfortable. You want them to be comfortable. Right. You know I mean, you want them to, to play loose. You want them to be themselves. But at the same time, like in, in the case of our team this year, you know, my challenge has been making sure that yeah, while they like to ride that, they, you know, mm-hmm. they like to they like to be really loud when things are going well. We can't we can't not be loud when things are going yeah. bad because yeah, if you're loud yeah, when you're up two to nothing in the fifth, you better be the same tomorrow when you're down two to nothing in the fifth. 
Otherwise, yes. Otherwise, it, it, you're you're bringing negative, uh, you know, you're bringing negative feelings into the dugout. You're bringing negative feelings onto the field. That makes you worse. Yeah. As a team, as a player, it makes yeah. you worse. So you have to be steady in your approach to the game. Yeah, because then you've got yeah. people saying, "Uh-oh, listen how quiet we are. What what's yeah. going here's on? The thing. That's not who we normally are. We normally are the loud team." Yeah. If you if you are a quiet, do your business, lead by example type of team it's easier to stay steady. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cause you never feel rattled. You never miss that loudness. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, 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 it, it's easier to stay mm-hmm. there. Um, it's more of a challenge to be loud all the time yeah. than it is to just, you know, be calm, but, you know, take a, take a calm, patient approach to the game and, 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 you know, trust that your preparation is going to get you where you need, want to want to be. And then, you know, you have the other teams that, you know, like ours this year that, that like to be loud and, and yeah. like to draw from the energy and, you know, and, and we've seen it this year and we've talked about it. You know, when things are going really well for us, we've got a lot of energy and when things aren't, we don't. And that's, you know, that ultimately that falls on me. Um, I would like to think that I've succeeded in, in uh, steering it to the right direction sometimes. And I've, I've failed to, to, to steer it in the right direction sometimes. So that's, you know, that's one of them notes that I have down on my notebook mm-hmm. going into next season. You know, what's, what's going to be the personality of, of the team? What, you know, and how are we going to manage that? So, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you in that, in that regard. I didn't realize college teams were, were loud and, for the most part you know I, a lot you, of them are think? and 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 some some are not but they they uh, you have that kind of a uh, I th- and I think I think the reason why is because I think that's a very long season you're talking 50 plus games and I think that they just they I don't know I mean that's all their whole life is baseball at that point Baseball with a little bit of class, right? A little bit of a little bit of academics as well, and so they've got. It's just, it's it, it's just it is. You talk about someone who eats it up, and it's just every every aspect of the game is fun to them. I think you're still going to have the personalities, you know, of some quieter kids, you know, standing there on the bench. But when you've got a roster of 35, and some of those kids are in the bullpen, and a lot of the kids are not going to play that day and they know they're not going to play that day those are going to be the ones i think that that's their that i think that's what you see it in college because i i don't i don't think i i don't think it's the the, the guys that are in the game as much that day i don't think your pitcher is going that's in the good. dugout and doing that right i don't think <laughs> right i i think i think with the colleges it's it's some of those guys take it upon their as their role to be the the boisterous fella you know i've got a kid like that right now on my high school team i got one i've got one He's a lot of fun. He's a heck of a lot of fun. He's one of our bullpen catchers. And he had a he 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 likes every now and then he will whenever we're playing somewhere where there's not an announcer, he will announce our kids as they come up to bat <laughs> really loud. <laughs> He's a heck of a lot of fun. I mean, he'll be like, no batting. <laughs> it just kind of it's you know, it's fun, it's funny and and uh and I yeah, I see I don't I don't mind that at all, but I'm not going to like I'm not going to say we've got to be this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Like I, 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 I hope people I don't hear me saying I don't want to be that. That's 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 no, not no, it at no, all. No. If that's who you are, then that's great. Be that. But it's, if it's like if if I if we go into a, a season and we're two or three games in the season and our guys are quiet and they're quiet because they're not engaged in the game and they're having other yeah. conversations and their back is turned and they're looking at their phones on the, well, then I've got a problem and I haven't coached them well enough to understand what, what, what in-game focus is. And they're quiet for a negative reason. But yeah. if they're, but if they're engaged in the game and that, and they're, and they really are focused on the game, but they're just quiet, then I'm not going to try to get them to be something that they're not. I'm not going to try to say, well, Hey guy, we got to get fired up. You're not in the game. I mean, I, it's it's one of my pet peeves is to is to is to assume someone's not in the game because they're not cheering. Well, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm never I've never been a cheering type of guy. I came off the field and I I would reflect. I'm a reflecting type of guy. And and when I when I'm playing the game, I'm thinking. I'm I'm thinking through all the things that that happened in that last inning that I want to make sure that if it happens again, I'm better prepared in my mind for how to respond to it. And I and and so. 
that's just not who I am when I'm playing or when I was playing. I'm not playing anymore. But that I, 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 I don't want to force a kid who has that type of personality to be, you know, hey, come on, you got to get up. Come on. Well, he, right. might, he might be really focused right now. Um, and I'm not also not going to tell a kid who is fired, who is fired up that, hey, you're not very focused by the sure. same token. Well, I, and I think, I think that's the key because when, you, when you're talking about personalities like that, those personalities are typically going to be that way regardless of the situation. Yes. Because that's who they are. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what the situation is. But when you're, when you're, when you're trying to develop, a, you know, when you develop's not the right word, when you're, when you're encouraging someone to, 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 to have a mentality that they typically don't have, it, it, it becomes a challenge for them to maintain that through mental challenge, mental, uh, uh struggles, mental, yeah. mental challenges. Yeah. So, you know, that it, it's not because they know they're lying to themselves, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's something to think about. I, I think that's a heck, that's a great topic for for people out there to to hear. You know, coaches and 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 youth youth parents. You know, because you hear that a lot at youth ball games. You know, let's let's go let's go dug out get get behind right. the get right. behind the hitter. You know, um, yeah. or you know, I know they're the 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 uh, you got the batter 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 chance out there and. <laughs> in the field sometimes when you better, 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 swing, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I like that. That's that's Bueller, right? But uh, yeah, um, but that used to be the chant the, back in the old, you know, back in the old days. That used to be the hey, let's 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 uh, what would they chatter? Let's hear some chatter, and and the cha- yeah, and but, the chattering would just be batter, batter. And what's funny yeah. about that is if you were to do that in today's game, the umpire would stop you because you're doing what. You're chirping at the opponent. Yeah, you're saying batter. Right. You're saying something to the batter, right. like pitcher, pitcher. They wouldn't let you do that from the dugout, right? right. And so, True. yeah, but but that's that yeah. that used to be the chant back in the uh, I guess probably back in the what early '80s or so. Batter, 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 swing, batter. Yeah, and then that's yeah, that's how they you know that's your that's basically the equivalent of down and ready to to coaches now. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> that's right. Uh, down and ready. You know, down and ready. You know. If you're not, if you're not <laughs> chanting, you're not, you're not in the game. Yeah. You don't have your head in the game, which, which could have been true to an extent. You know, if a kid wasn't, wasn't doing that, he might've been, or she might've been picking dandelions yeah. Yeah. because she wasn't engaged. Pat, I, you know, I, as a, <laughs> that's true. I, as a coach, this is interesting. I, as a coach find myself sometimes, um, saying things during times when I really don't feel like it's necessary to say anything. But I say them yeah. because I feel like I need to to make sure that people know that I'm still into the game. You ever find that temptation? Like uh, I don't like saying a lot of things from the like I I, I coach the third base coach's box. I know you're you're not you've got a different third base coach on your team as that's his role, right? You're you as a head coach are staying in the right. dugout. Are you continuing to do that? So, but I I coach in the third yeah. base coach's box. But I don't like my base coaches to say a lot of stuff. And I'm one of those guys. Yeah. I don't. I don't like to, but sometimes I feel like I need to, or cl- like I'll, I'll clap my hands a lot down there because I. I don't. I certainly am not doing coaching, giving coaching tips in the third base coach's box while you're hitting. Just definitely not doing that. <laughs> right. And, and and so it's more you know hey you know reminder you know reminder of the count you know hey you're in a hitter's count here right let's let's hunt right or hey you know you, this is this you know you. you two strikes you gotta you gotta foul something off that's pretty much my extent of my talking but sometimes i feel like if i don't say that then it appears like i'm just not in the game like i'm not paying attention or i don't care or whatever yeah but i but i well and so sometimes i find myself saying things out of character for me because i want to appear like i'm in the game Sure. And that's, that's a, that's, I mean, that's a very small, I mean, I think every coach does that, Yeah, but that is a very small example of ever coaching to an extent, because here's the thing. And I, cause initially when you said that, I, I say dead red. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? A little reminder. Yeah. A little look, reminder. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's a reminder. That's right. Because if you've done your job in practice talking about dead red, then they're prepared for that. They're ready, you know, for that. So, but reminders don't hurt. They never hurt. You right. know, over communicating is not a bad thing. Um, definitely. But you know, it's, it, it, you, there has to be some value to it. 
Right. And if what you're saying doesn't bring any value, then you definitely shouldn't say it. And I would say that a lot of times when we're giving mechanical uh, advice from, from the dugout to our pitcher, from the dugout to, or from, you know, from the base, base coach boxes to our, to our hitter, uh, it's not going to be very beneficial because they're not going to be able to apply what you're telling them in that next swing and that next pitch. And, 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 and you you probably don't even want them thinking about it. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, you don't, you don't want them thinking about it. So, you know, all kinds, I I think ultimately, you know, to summarize the conversation that we have for the past 30 minutes or so, mentality is huge. Mm-hmm. But you have to you have to consider um, the best mentality for each player uh, on your team and how to get you know the the best out of them for that. So yeah, for sure. Good luck tonight, Coach. Yeah, you too, man. You got Athens, right? Got Athens. I used to coach there. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I, I could have probably coached there if you'd ever. If I'd ever asked offered. you. If I'd ever offered you an assist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was good talking to you. I'm glad we got a recording in. It's, it's been a while, and yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back on a consistent schedule for everybody. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think we'll have probably uh, we'll have a lot more on our minds and plates here over the next couple of weeks as we get into tournament season. But you and I, we're, our teams are playing each other again next week. Actually, that's our last game on the schedule. Is that your last game on the schedule? It is, currently. Yep. Tournament time. Yeah, so that sat, whether, whether or not we're playing on Saturday of next week, which would be the, the first day of sectional tournament games, will be determined by uh, this Friday, finding out if we're a 10 through 23 seed. Yep. Well, good luck with that. Yep. Hey. Hopefully we find our way on the, in the same uh, same area. So. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I don't mind that playing that. I mean, playing that extra game isn't always bad. And when when do you when's your follow up game? You play One on of my Saturday best seasons then... I've ever. It, it'd be Saturday and Tuesday, so you have two days of rest okay. for pitching. But yeah, one of the best uh, seasons or postseason most memorable postseasons I had. We played a. But there was one play in game, I guess you could say, because there were two teams that did not get a buy. It was back in the old days when they only had when the sectional was like nine teams or ten teams, something like that. And the bottom two teams got sort of a play in game. And then and then from there you were seeded. And so if you won that play in game, that means you're playing the number one seed the next time, <laughs> the next day. And uh and that that was the year that we uh we knocked off Jackson, who was the number one seed, and then went to the regional final from there. Um, and we came into that sectional with a losing record. We were under 500. Nice. So, yeah. You just peaked, peaked at the right time. Yep. Yep. It could happen. Got some time hitting, some good pitching. The key, the recipe to success on the tournament. So. Well, good stuff. Sounds good. We'll, uh, Hey, don't make any bad decisions tonight, okay? I'll try not. <laughs> Just get out of their way. I'll try not. Let them play, coach. I'll try. <laughs> no, you do a good job. You're you're uh, you're very cool during a game. Level-headed, <laughs> analytical. Well, I just I've held it together so far. <laughs> it's after the game when everybody's left. And you're sitting by yourself yeah. in the dugout. That's the that's I've had some nights like that. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, and when you have a field with lights, you could sit there for a long time. And then your wife is calling, saying, "Hey, are you still at the field at eleven o'clock at night?" Oh yeah, I'm getting. I'm gonna. I'm gonna shut the lights down and head home here in just a minute. <laughs> I had a few nights like that. In fact, that season that I just talked about, where we uh, we came into the sectional with a losing record and ended up making a nice run, that was a really rough season. The regular season was very rough. We had some. I had some nights where I uh, sat there like that. In fact, I wrote a resignation letter after about the 13 games in. If you didn't turn it in. Did not turn it in. Yep. Sometimes that happens. Everybody goes through it. You can't be on top every year. You just can't be. 
you could have consistency where you're doing a heck of a job of developing in the younger levels, and as they come up to you, then you get them as well, and you you keep you just keep developing. But but every now and then, you just don't have the talent. Sure. And everybody yeah. runs into yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Coaching yeah, coaching's overrated. People say, right? Absolutely. And that's where it's overrated. <laughs> if, you, except, if you've got talent. If you've got talent, you, you could win. And, and I think coaching fills in the gaps and, and, and helps you win games you shouldn't win. And I think bad coaching also causes you to lose some games that you shouldn't lose. And I think that that's where the difference maker is, and that's where you have to hold the mirror up and ask yourself, where, you know, what, where am I? You know, what did I do tonight to contribute to this loss and what did I do to help us win this game? But I think for the most part, the teams that have talent are going to win more than they lose. If you put them, you suit up a monkey and put them out there in that third base coach's box, team with talent's going to win more than they lose. I've always said that. I've had some arguments with people on that. Like some people are like, "Well, I'd rather, I'd rather have guys with want and desire." And I'm like, "Eh, if they don't have talent, you can want it all you, you want. Up, when you go up against a team that has talent, it's going to be hard to beat them. It is. <laughs> Trust from a guy that has a lot of want and desire when I play, <laughs> there you go. but not a lot of talent. <laughs> Trust me." <laughs> well, we've always said it, right? You look at we've everybody's looked at two different kids and said, "Man, if I could take the heart out of this kid and exchange it with the heart in this kid, or give this kid the ta- the body of that kid who doesn't want it as much." We've all seen kids like that, right? Where you you say, "Man, this kid just wants it. It's just a shame he's not very athletic." Yep, yep. But you know what? We can keep talking about this I forever. Know, I know that that changes the kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it changes does. the kid. They, and if they had that, they might not have the talent. Yep. You're right. Or, you know, so. Yep. There's, no, there's never good fortune or bad fortune. There's just fortune. And you got to, you have to, uh, you have to move on with it. Right. Coach, it was good talking to you. Good talking to you. Hopefully we, uh, we talk to everyone next week. Yeah. We'll do our so. best. <laughs>